This week's Pharmacy Magazine in Conversation with Podcast is sponsored by Aranix Sildenafil 50mg from Dr. Reddy's. Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of Pharmacy Magazine's In Conversation with Podcast. My name is Richard Thomas and in this episode I talk to Victoria Steele, Superintendent Pharmacist at Lloyd's Pharmacy. We played extracts of the interview last week on the Talking Pharmacy podcast, where Victoria's comments about the abuse she has received on social media provoked a huge reaction from our listeners. But we discussed lots of other things as well. It was a very wide-ranging conversation, and Victoria could not have been more upfront and open. Lloyd's Pharmacy has had a difficult and challenging year in many ways, but its pharmacy teams, like all those across the sector, have performed heroically during the pandemic, and Victoria pays tribute to them during our conversation. She also talks about a range of other subjects, including how she has found her first six months in the role as Lloyd's Pharmacy's first female superintendent, what are their main professional issues she is currently having to deal with, the rapid growth of the company's Echo Prescription Delivery Service, and how Lloyd's is looking after the mental health of its teams. We also discussed some of the less positive headlines associated with the UK's second largest pharmacy group, including persistent rumours that the company is up for sale and the recent Twitter storm concerning temporary plot closures of some Lloyd stores in Scotland. And yes, we talk about toxic Twitter as well. It's a very frank and insightful interview, genuinely shocking in places, but always interesting and thought-provoking. This is what Victoria had to say. Thanks, Victoria, for joining us on the podcast. So you took over from Steve Howard in December as Lloyd's Pharmacy's first female superintendent after having been deputy superintendent since 2012. How have you found your first five months in the job? Uh, Hi, Richard. Um, Yeah, really, really rewarding, uh, really exciting, if that's the correct word to use during a pandemic. Uh, But yeah, goodness, challenging um it it was everything it has been is everything I thought it would be but it's so much more um and I found it quite strange how surprised I've been about how broad the role is which is extraordinary bearing in mind how long I've I've worked in the office um so yeah just uh, just really excited I feel like my shoulders are broadening every every day at the moment yeah, no, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. So you said you were maybe slightly surprised by the broad nature of the role. What what are the main issues that are currently facing you in the superintendent's office and, and what are your immediate priorities? So I've always I've, I've, I've always said and I've always wanted uh, patients in Lloyd's Pharmacy to get the best and, and the safest care that they can. So taking over in a pandemic has been incredibly interesting because significant decisions need to be made and they need to be made quickly um and kind of the only way we can give great care to our to our patients is by looking after our colleagues so that they can deliver the care that we need and i i am quite worried um about the toll uh on our colleagues through covid so making sure that they're supported is um incredibly important to me um, I've been really, um, 
I've been thrilled with how supportive the business has been of me as I kind of find my way in the in the first few months and, and the support I've had externally. Um, and it's been really um really exciting to to release our kind of uh, error reduction program results uh, through the business. So that was our Amlodipine Amitriptyline challenge, where I challenged the teams to eradicate those errors uh, from our business, uh, which has been a, a huge success and has kind of built on um, uh, what we're going to face into this year, which um, kind of my two key error reduction priorities are... Um, halving the number of transfer um, errors to patients and uh, also um, hopefully more than halving um, any any errors with uh, community dosage systems. Yes, and uh, of course you launched some of those initiatives at your patient safety conference. Uh, was it last year? No, the year before, wasn't it? Uh, November 2019, that was, yeah. Blimey. Um, but sounds as if they've been very successful, which is... Uh, which is very reassuring, I'm sure. And going back, looking at the pandemic, what's really stood out for you in the way that Lloyd's Pharmacy and the Lloyd's Pharmacy teams on the front line have dealt with what was being thrown at them? Oh, well, I've been so proud of, um, you know, our, our doors being open and the accessibility of our colleagues, the the calm nature of our colleagues as they have dealt with everything that's been thrown at them uh, and I've heard some just extraordinary stories of the lengths that our colleagues are going to patient by patient to make sure that um, patients receive their their medicines and the appropriate medicines at the right time so some really which may sound simple to us but are just so uh, meaningful to our patients so uh, in one of our outpatient dispensing units, one of our um, one of our little boys needed a miprazole liquid, not tablets. It's not on the formulary in the hospital. And Grace, our colleague, had to work for weeks um, with various stakeholders to make sure that the little boy got his his medicine. And the messages we've received from uh, the little boy's mum are just extraordinary. And I know that that's happening every day in every pharmacy. Um, and it just, it fills me with, with such pride um, to be able to to kind of look over and, and, and support our colleagues. Yeah, some fantastic stories there, and I'm sure replicated across community pharmacy. And Victoria, you mentioned just now that, that maybe you were concerned about the toll this has taken mm -hmm. in terms of the the mental health uh, and burnout, if you like, of pharmacy teams. They've been through the ringer, haven't they? Um, are you putting in place any support for pharmacy teams at Lloyd's Pharmacy um, in case they are feeling exhausted? So we've had the Employee Assistance Programme now for, for a good few years. I'm, I'm a huge advocate of it, and that's in place for any of our colleagues that are struggling with any area of their life. Um, we have mental health, mental health first aid trained colleagues um, in all the teams that you'd expect. So in my team, in our employee relations team, but we over the next few months are, are making sure that we've got significantly more trained individuals out in the field with our colleagues kind of at the coalface to, to understand and to be able to, to support um, 
through these next few months um, as we kind of continue to to go through the changes. Yes, that's that's good to know, and I'm sure that that support is, is will be very necessary. Unfortunately, um, going forward, let's talk about Echo. Uh, your online prescription ordering and delivery yeah. service. I mean, it's been very successful, hasn't it? I think over 460,000 nominations and and growing fast. Has this rapid growth thrown up any challenges from a, a governance and patient care perspective? Um, yes, I mean, you're not wrong. It's um, it's definitely grown quickly. It's, it's grown, uh, I think it's over 800% um, kind of during these times, which is just extraordinary. And the teams um, have had to work incredibly hard, um, kind of changing shift patterns, um, all sorts of uh, practicalities needed dealing with. um, And we've also set up another site as well. But the the team down there did an extraordinary job to, to, to keep a really good handle on governance and patient safety while seeing that enormous influx of, of patients. Um, so definitely, um, there's obviously, well, in my opinion, a, a definite market uh, for, for online pharmacy and for being able to move, um, uh, again, my opinion, but moving non, non-complex patients over to online that that need um, don't need as much support as our more complex patients and I really see um, a future with a a really blended position where um, our complex patients or those that just need a bit more care um, will be able to get that face-to-face care just as they always have done by walking into one of our pharmacies but there's no doubt for um, as I said, patients that um, simply need their meds every month, uh, they are well controlled, adherent, etc. There's, there's just no reason why they can't be um, serviced really well through an online provision. Yeah, so you feel you've got the, the balance right between face-to-face contact for, for the patients who need it and um, non-face-to-face delivery of medicines, I suppose, for, for patients who might not want that immediate contact so i i think there's still room to move more of our patients online um with uh kind of i'd like to see more services in pharmacy um and to be able to see more and more services in pharmacy we have to be able to release something's got to give and and in my head the natural place for, for for that is is over to online we've got we've seen a really interesting trend though so we've got um we've got significant numbers and and i'm talking in the thousands that use the echo app order their prescriptions but actually pick up in pharmacy so they kind of get the best of both worlds really and we're seeing week on week increasing numbers uh, doing that you had to pull a marketing email following concerns that it was incentivizing patients to sign up to the service. Was this a mistake? I don't believe it was a mistake. Um, we, we obviously did the voucher for um, a, an existing patient uh, and a friend uh, to sign up to the mailing list uh, and they received a voucher. However, you know, we, are, we are sensitive to uh, the climate and so we removed it, um, which we thought was, was the 
best thing to do. Okay, thank you, yes, for clarifying that. Now, the, the company has also made headlines recently for, for the, perhaps the wrong reasons. And for instance, there was a lot of Twitter noise last month about you temporarily having to close some branches in Scotland because of poor staffing levels. What was the story here? Yeah, um, so the uh, the story is really very straightforward. So the first thing uh, and most important thing to say is that there were no no full closures. Um, so every community got uh, got a service every day that it was meant to, and it's it is really challenging uh, and pains me as you can probably imagine um, if we need to do any kind of temporary park closures. Um, or full closures, but a couple of things did collide. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, the numbers of park closures were low, um, but one of the issues that had happened is we um, unfortunately and and for no and for no kind of sinister reasons we lost um, a pharmacist manager quite quickly, which caused um, a gap in one branch and uh, to keep that open. It then meant that the surrounding area was affected as well with park closures. So um, we definitely had a, a challenging couple of weeks between Rotor and the field team uh, managing those communities uh, and um, any more vulnerable patients in those pharmacies. Um, but but it was as, as, as simple as that. We went... Um, we went to the GPHC and we went to Alison Strath to, to talk about the noise and just to to let um, let them know uh, what the issue was and um, what we were doing about it. So, so pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Um, I suppose for me, there was a real disappointment around uh, some of the behaviours that were were seen for. For a number of reasons, um, it's re- it's really interesting for me as a superintendent. I clearly need channels of communication to be to be two way and to be wide open between myself and frontline colleagues, whether they're employed or, or locums. But um, I also do do expect to be to be spoken to like a a fellow professional and it's really challenging if um, inappropriate kind of leery jeery tones um, are, are talked on on social on public social media platforms um, I'm not going to engage on a personal level with in that um, I've received a few emails from a few locums and looked into anything that uh, they have sent me, um, and I've agreed with some stuff and I not agreed with with other stuff. But I've literally received three or four communications. Um, so the disappointment for me, um, apart from it's it's just quite challenging on a personal level to deal with. I I get really disappointed that it it reflects poorly on the profession if that's how if that's how we think that's how business is done i worry about younger pharmacists seeing that behavior and thinking that's the appropriate way to get business done and 
I would hate, you know how proud I am of the position that I now yes. hold and how hard I've worked to get there. And if, if I thought anybody was looking at this and thinking, there's no way I want to receive that sort of um, kind of a, abuse, um, for, for want of a better word, um, I'd hate to think it put them off that. And to give you some context for anybody that may not have seen it, and this is not to do with um, the closures. Only yesterday on social media, I got called um, a child abuser, which is just, it's just shocking. It's been dealt with, but none of us go to work or have uh, formed a career for for that sort of behaviour to happen in a public arena well i'm i'm not shocked very often but i am shocked at that i mean nobody nobody should have to put up with with that abuse on social media or any forum um so that's that's really disappointing to hear um and i think you raise some very interesting points that the the sector and the profession maybe needs to think about going forward and probably the regulator too, because some of the stuff on, on social media is beyond the pale. And I'm sorry you had yeah. to, to go through that. The temporary problem in Scotland has, has been resolved, has it? Are you, things yes. it, it has, yeah. And there's no doubt, you know, there are some things that we've learned and we've, we've had to adapt some of our processes. Um, and we've, uh, whilst we're really comfortable with our commercial position, we've shared that with the regulator, you know, still we need to, we need to be competitive and we need to look at these things. So, you know, there is always, there's always a positive in these things that, that uh, helps us refine and improve. Uh, and I'm confident we've done that. So that's, that's also helpful. And how disappointed were you over uh, a recent incident uh, widely reported in the media, um, where another relief pharmacist at, at one of your branches refused to supply EHC. So, I mean, we've talked we've talked uh, previously about about this, and um, you you know my my stance around how unacceptable I I feel it is that that any woman you know should should struggle to be able to access uh, uh, emergency contraception easily it's it's hard enough to pluck up the courage to um either walk into a pharmacy or or even go online and, and find it and find it source it and then be able to pick it up to then be able to then run into any challenges um is is not not okay i i fully accept uh, that pharmacists do have religious and moral beliefs but I also believe that patient care can't be compromised. And so everything has to be done for that woman to enable her to access the care that she needs. So um, we spent, again, some time reviewing our procedures. And so there are, there are things that we have done around, uh, particularly around our extended hours pharmacies, which... Um, as you'd expect, is is where we we see the most need. So in those pharmacies, the the system, our our locum booking system, our um, our kind of uh, rotor system, now um, 
I'm going to say won't let us book a pharmacist in that hasn't uh, got the correct, appropriate training and willingness to supply. Um, that is that is what has been put in place. Um, however, if we're struggling to open a pharmacy with with that principle, then clearly we will make sure a pharmacy is open, not closed, if, if that makes sense. And we, um, as you can imagine, uh, we reiterated our position to all our um, colleagues and pharmacists in our pharmacies across the entire estate uh, to make to make it clear how how important this service is uh, to women um, across the country. Indeed. Um, we can't avoid, I'm afraid, the media speculation of, about the possible sale of, of your parent company, McKesson. And um, you are going through, as everybody knows, a, a store closure programme at the moment. From your perspective as superintendent pharmacist, what kind of impact does all that have? Um, so as, as superintendent and, uh, as you know, someone that has strived for this position for a very long time, um, I'm just focusing, I'm focusing on our patients, I'm focusing on our colleagues. I've always said to my team, it's our job to, to steady the ship so that people, uh, people, our colleagues can, can give the best care uh, possible. So um, clearly, um, we, we don't comment on any speculation. My job is making sure that the pharmacies are open, operating, and we give great care every day yes and your pharmacy teams absolutely do that um on a brighter note victoria what does it mean to you personally to be lloyd's pharmacy's first superintendent female superintendent pharmacist how, how thrilled were you i still i i still uh, i still keep telling myself that um I've kind of I've got here um, the fact that um, it's been such an interesting and challenging few months is definitely um, I'm definitely not in the honeymoon <laughs> period anymore. Um, but yeah, I I feel I, I am I am so proud of myself. But but the, the really curious thing was. Um, I can remember telling telling mum and telling my my two best friends are both doctors. And they all cried when I told them. So what it's meant for um, my family and friends has uh, been a bit eye-opening for me, which is is lovely. But, you know, I know we're going through torrid times in the pandemic at the minute, but um, I, I am really excited about what change we can bring about, how we can... Um, uh, this is my word, but redistribute services across primary health care. And I kind of I'm so, always have been such a proud community pharmacist um, that I, I can't really wait to see what the next few years brings and how quickly we advance, um, having learnt what we've learnt over the last kind of 12 months. Well, indeed. I mean, they say, you know, don't waste a waste a crisis. And I think the sector has, has come yeah. through so strongly uh, after the pandemic. I think it is actually exciting times ahead if, if we can get the funding right to, in England. Um, for precisely that reason, I think pharmacies absolutely, absolutely come to the fore. And, and you are a role model, aren't you, for, for young female pharmacists as well in your 
your senior uh, role at Lloyd's Pharmacy. And I, I don't think that should be overlooked either. I think it's really important. So finally, Victoria, what's what's your ambition, your absolute ambition going forward? What would you like to have achieved, let's say, in the next year to 18 months at Lloyd's? Um, so I definitely, um, in the next in the next 12, 12 to 24 months, I would... Um, I'd really like the, the area reduction programme that um, we've started to be something that the entire profession looks at and learns from, because you know, sadly, you know, mistakes are inevitably going to happen. Uh, it, that, is, that is life. But if we can reduce that number and reduce the harm and we can, we can really see some impact from that, I would be incredibly proud I, um, as you, as I think you've met quite a quite a lot of my team, and I'm, I'm incredibly proud of them and the work that they do. So I'm I'm really looking forward uh, to de- being able to develop them more um, over the next couple of years. And um, you know, you, you touched on me being a role model. Um, I'm involved in a we've got a women in leadership program at Lloyd's Pharmacy. Um, and I'm just hugely passionate about making the journey easier for the um, younger younger female pharmacists kind of coming up behind me. Um, just just making it easier for them and easier to, to kind of hit those big career goals. Well, what a positive way to to finish the interview, and, and good luck with all of that as well, Victoria. Thank you so much for for joining us on the podcast and speaking so honestly uh, and bravely. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation and uh, I look forward to catching up with you soon. Perfect. You're very welcome, Richard. Thank you. My thanks there to Victoria Steele for a really interesting conversation. One quick piece of housekeeping before the end. Time is running out to nominate a hard-working member of your pharmacy support team for the Recognition of Excellence Awards 2021 from Training Matters. Entries close on June the 1st. With 10 categories to choose from, there are plenty of opportunities to reward someone who has gone above and beyond in pharmacy this past extraordinary year. All details are on the TM website. The Talking Pharmacy podcast is back next week, but for now, thanks very much for listening.